Thank you for taking time to study with us today on Drawing Near. This podcast is designed to help us draw near to God through the study and application of His Word. If you have any questions or comments about today's study, or spiritual things in general, feel free to contact me through my email address in the description section of this podcast. Who can come to Jesus? Who can be saved from their sins? Most of us, maybe all of us, would answer anyone. Anyone who trusts in Jesus can be saved, and we would be right. Whosoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. But do we really believe that? Do we really believe the most sinful person, the most despicable person, can be saved? Today on Drawing Near, Jesus associates with people who have a strong reputation for being sinners. What can we learn from these events? To find out, let's open our Bibles to Luke chapter 5 and study Jesus and sinners. As we prepare for today's study, let's pray together. Father, we thank you for your grace and mercy toward us, a grace that provides for the gospel message through Jesus Christ's death, burial, and resurrection, the good news that we can be saved if we will just turn from our sin, repent, and trust in Jesus. Father, I pray that you'd help us to see clearly that this gospel message is for all who will hear. The most sinful person can be saved because Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection is sufficient to cover the sins of anyone you call to salvation. And Father, I pray that you would help us to not only understand this passage and understand the truths of this passage, but to deal with our own pride, to deal with our own cynicism, so that we might freely share the gospel and also, Father, truly love those who need Jesus Christ as their Savior. Open our eyes to these truths and guide us in our study. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Today, let's begin our reading in Luke chapter 5, beginning in verse 27. Luke writes, After that, he went out and noticed a tax collector named Levi sitting in a tax booth. And he said to him, Follow me. And he left everything behind and got up and began to follow him. And Levi gave a big reception for him in his house. And there was a great crowd of tax collectors and other people who were reclining at table with them. The Pharisees and their scribes began grumbling at his disciples, saying, Why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? And Jesus answered and said to them, It is not those who are well who need a physician, but those who are sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. So according to Luke, at some point after Jesus had healed the paralytic, and dealt with the Pharisees and the Sadducees over whether or not he had power to forgive sins. Jesus is going about, and he notices a tax collector named Levi sitting in the tax booth. Now, tax collectors in the Jewish community were traitors. They were enemies. They were considered the vilest of the vile as far as sinners go. Because they worked for the Roman Empire, They collected taxes for the Roman Empire from the Jewish people, their own people, and many of them pocketed extra money. They charged more taxes than what was really due, and they lined their pockets with it. They had that kind of a reputation. They really detested the tax collector. And so this tax collector named Levi, who we know as Matthew, was sitting in the tax booth. 
He was collecting taxes. He was actively doing his job. And Jesus said to him, follow me. Now, it's interesting to understand. Jesus doesn't say, follow me, after a Bible study in a synagogue or after preaching the word of God or after a lot of healing, at least not according to what we see in this context. Levi is working on the streets in the tax booth, collecting taxes, and Jesus sees him, notices him, and says, follow me. In verse 28, one of the most amazing things we'll ever see, if we really think about it, comes about. We are told, and he left everything behind and got up and began to follow Jesus. Now, if we take this literally, he didn't gather up his money. He didn't gather up his purses. He didn't close down shop. Now, he may have. This may be referring to he dealt with all of those things, and after dealing with all of those things, he left them behind. He walked away from them. But it may very well be that he just got up. That's what we're told. He left everything behind and got up and began to follow Jesus. However you look at that, that's an amazing thing. To consider that Jesus expected Matthew, Levi, to leave his profession, to leave everything that he was done, his connection with the Roman Empire, his wealth, all of these things, leave it behind and follow Jesus, that kind of expectation needs to be considered in our own hearts and lives. When Jesus calls us to follow him, to be saved and come out of our sin and trust in him, just how far is he asking us to go? What is he really asking us to leave behind? What is he really asking us to begin to do? I believe if you read the scriptures thoroughly, what you'll find out is Jesus's standard for us following him is always to deny ourselves, take up our cross, and follow him. It's always leave everything behind and follow me. That's a hard thing. But Jesus told people in the Gospels, if you're going to follow me, you need to count the cost. Jesus says, I didn't come to bring peace, but a sword. I came to set father against son, mother against daughter. The enemies of a believer will be those of their own house. He may have been prophetic in that, but many of us who trust in Christ and share the gospel with our family and friends realize that we become quickly estranged from them if they do not understand our commitment to Christ. And many don't have much of a commitment to Christ when they trust in Jesus because they don't want to leave anything. They don't want to lose anything. He left everything behind. By the way, this is not the first time we saw this. Did not Peter leave everything behind? His fishing business? Did not James and John do that? That's what we're told earlier in the Gospel of Luke. After all of this, after he begins to follow him, we're told in verse 29, and Levi gave a big reception for him in his house. He was wealthy. He knew people. The people he knew or the people who would associate with him did not have a very good reputation, but he gave a big reception for Jesus in his house. And there was a great crowd of tax collectors and other people who were reclining at table with them, literally associating with Jesus. The picture here is these people were sitting around a table with Jesus, much like his disciples later on would sit around the table at Passover. There was that kind of fellowship or intimacy involved. And the Pharisees and scribes saw this. Now, I don't know how they saw this. Maybe they saw that Jesus had gone into Levi's house and some of his disciples. They saw the kind of people who were going in. 
However it transpired, the Pharisees and the scribes were grumbling at the disciples of Jesus, saying, why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? And Jesus answers them. They were grumbling at the disciples of the Lord. But it is Jesus who answers them and says, It is not those who are well who need a physician, but those who are sick. That makes sense. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. We need to understand this. Jesus associated with sinners. Jesus walked among sinners, and he'd been doing this all along. The people that the scribes and Pharisees had called sinners were no more sinful than the people who made up the multitudes that Jesus was healing. They were no more sinners than the paralytic who had been let down through the roof. They were no more sinners in God's eyes than the Pharisees and the scribes themselves. It is not those who are well who need a physician, but those who are sick. The Pharisees saw themselves as well. The scribes did not see themselves as ill or sick. They saw themselves as righteous. They saw themselves as not needing a Savior. Jesus says, I haven't come to call the righteous. I haven't come to call you who presume yourselves to be right with God to repentance. But I came to call those who understand they are sinners to repentance. Do you remember Peter's declaration? After the great haul of fish earlier in our study, he comes to shore He falls on his knees before Jesus, and he says, Depart from me, Lord. I am a sinful man. It is a great truth that we need to embrace, that you cannot come to faith in Christ without recognizing your sin and your need. We must recognize our sickness if we are truly to turn to the great physician for the healing of our soul. And we've already seen Jesus has power to forgive sin. Jesus seals the forgiveness of our sin through his death, burial, and resurrection. Trusting in him results in our salvation, the forgiveness of our sin. But don't miss this in verse 32. Jesus came to call sinners to repentance, to turn away from their sin and follow him. Not to remain in their sin and follow him. He didn't come to excuse sinners. He didn't come to leave them where they were. He came as the great shepherd to lead the lost sheep out of the wilderness, out of the lost condition, out of their sin. It is critical that we nail this down, that you cannot trust in Jesus Christ without some kind of regeneration, some kind of sanctification taking place. The Bible is clear that when we trust in Jesus, we are changed. Our hearts are changed. And that trusting in Jesus involves repenting of our sin, turning away from our sin, and following Jesus. And Jesus came to call the sinners to repent. I praise the Lord that as a young boy, I became convicted of my sinfulness. And I recognized my need for a Savior. The gospel, the power of the gospel, the work of the Holy Spirit convicted me and convinced me of these truths. And by faith, I called on the name of the Lord Jesus and he saved me. Have you been saved? Have you recognized your need for Christ? Have you recognized you're a sinner and have no hope in this world or in the life to come apart from Jesus Christ and what he's done? I hope you've trusted him. If not, whosoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. 
Father in heaven, I pray that we are not like the Pharisees and scribes who grumble and complain at the kind of people who are getting saved, the kind of people who make up our churches, but rather we recognize that we are all full of sin, we were all completely sinful, and therefore condemned. But through faith in Jesus Christ, that condemnation can be removed, that judgment can be removed, because Jesus Christ has bore our sin and our judgment himself on the cross. Father, give us this understanding, give us this faith, and help us to understand what repentance is, and help us to share the gospel with any sinner who will listen. Because Jesus' death on the cross is sufficient to pay for the sin of anyone and everyone if they'll only trust him. We thank you for these truths. We thank you for our salvation. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Thank you for studying with us today. You can subscribe to these podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, or the Facebook page Drawing Near. Drawing Near is a ministry of FBC Tip City, provided with the hope that we will draw near to God and He will draw near to us.